Hello and welcome to episode 165 of NCP. It's, uh, my name is David, I'm your host, and with me is young Crystal. Hello! Uh, <laughs> normally Bo would be on this episode, but uh, he was unable to make it for this one, so um, it's just us, the two coolest members of the group. <laughs> we're the best ones anyway. The original, fine. original flavour. Yeah, I know. We're so original flavour, we're vanilla. Uh. <laughs> it was pretty poor. Are we still married after that joke? Okay, all right, that's fine. That's, that's all that matters. Um, so, a slight change to the running sheet for the episode, because we only just found out that Bo wasn't able to join us. So, um, the we're going to have a review. Uh, I'll be reviewing the 1977 film The Car. Uh, we'll have a return of Clash of Champions, uh, which we didn't have uh, last two episodes ago, because it was our um, AMA episode. Uh, uh, so there'll be uh, round 10 which is Legolas versus Snake Eyes and once again I forgot to put it on Facebook <laughs> so we've got no, so we've got no fa- I didn't remind Facebook you because I thought that's what you were doing a couple of days actually, ago no, I think you actually think you even did remind me because you, still were, you were looking anyway. it up and, uh, and so because there's no bow then there's no point in having Azeroth in time so it's uh, just to end up with coming soon Quick but, simple yeah, quick and simple. But before before we move on to that stuff, I just uh, want to regale regale you all with a, a, a tale. So what's been happening this week, David? <laughs> oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that very <laughs> very natural intro. <laughs> that's Bo's job. <laughs> it is normally Bo's job, but uh, anyway, that's fine. Um, so basically, it is, uh, something happened to me uh, this uh, this past week that I, I thought was uh, very interesting. Wanted to wanted to share with you all. So. Um, I catch uh, the train to and from work, so I, I was got I got off the train at uh, our, my local station here. And our house is just a, a like a ten minute walk up a hill, away from the train station. So I get off the train, and there's a police chopper, like ridiculously low over our suburb, just hovering around over our suburb. And I mean, it's, I mean it was so low that it was making like trees move and stuff, and it was just ridiculously loud and horrible, right? So it's you know, so I'm like okay well obviously it's not looking for me <laughs> so it must you know it must be you know they're looking for a drugs or a drug dealer or they're just looking for a criminal of some kind or whatever the case may be right I pay I pay it no mind yeah it's it's you know it's, it's just normal stuff so whatever <laughs> so uh, well it's not like we don't live in the Bronx or something I mean, it's not like it's crime riddled but uh, it's not an unusual sight so I pay it no need pay, pay uh, so I pay it no heed and uh, move on so as I proceed I, I proceed up the street. I eventually get to uh, pretty close to our street because our street is uh, turn. I turn right from the main street to then get into our street. And uh, I, I wish this was a video so I could actually describe to show it to you. But uh, I just I've, I've forgotten a very a very important point on the train on the train ride home. I was watching uh, The Walking Dead. <laughs> so Walking Dead season whatever it is now episode one so the, so the you know the return of the walking dead anyway so so i get off so to, to repeat i get off the train there's a low-flying helicopter uh so as i as i get close to my street from the from out from behind bushes comes a little old lady so she's about she's about i don't know 65 ish maybe we'll say uh, somewhere between 65 and 100 uh, no nah, well she wasn't that old <laughs> she wasn't like ancient but she was old right and she's so she's small she's and she's hunched over and she's kind of shuffling along, and I can clearly hear moaning sounds. Now, just sort of picture that in your head for me, people. I've just I've just watched The Walking Dead, 
where every zombie show or movie you've ever seen has a chopper in it. Like every single one. Like it's just a staple, right? So I get off the show, I get off, there's a chopper. And of course I don't, you know, I don't connect that to zombies in any way. So it's just a chopper. But then I see this little old lady shuffled along making moaning sounds. <laughs> and I actually had to stop for a second. I had to stop and think for a second. Oh my God, it's actually happened. The apocalypse has come. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's a reality. I don't think that would have been my reaction. <laughs> the apocalypse occurred while I was on the train. Uh, so yeah, so obviously I didn't really think really think that, but it was an awesome, awesome moment. I actually, uh, there was a, a young gentleman uh, walking uh, a few feet behind me, and I actually had to, I had to share the moment with him. I was like, "Dude, can you see that old lady up, <laughs> up ahead of us?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty creepy." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah," and then uh, and so I'm thinking maybe she's just out for a stroll or something. But uh, as we get closer. She actually crosses the road, and it's a it's a, it's a, uh, it's a crossroad. So, and uh, as she's as she's crossing the road, she doesn't notice it. I, I don't know what the case is, but there's a bus coming down the road, and she doesn't even she pays it no need pays it no heed. Here's my here's my here's my line for the day. <laughs> as is my want, <laughs> and, and uh, pays it pays it no heed. But basically, I don't know. She doesn't notice it, or whatever the case may be. But there's this bus coming. The bus actually had to s- stop to let her cross because she crossed in like a diagonal sort of stumbly sort of way. So so by this point, the, the the young dude and myself are actually at this crossroad corner now where she just crossed from. And the bus continues on its way and she sort of just, you know, keeps stumbling. So I actually call out. It's like, oh, excuse me, ma'am, can I, can I, do you need some help? Do you need some assistance? And, uh, and she turns around and uh, seemingly seems to notice us for the first time. And then, and she's like, oh, he's like, no, like, you know, really softly and zombie like voice in zombie like yes and uh and then proceeds to hug a pole so uh, you know i don't know it was a bit weird the stop sign she then 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 hugs the the stop sign pole um and so so i turn to the guy to to the young guy i'm like i'm not i'm not convinced and he's like yeah it's it's pretty weird and so i'm like i'm gonna stand here and sort of just watch for a while and just see if she sort of if she's, you know, all close to home, like if she turns into a house, then that's cool. And he's like, all right, cool, I will too. And so we stand there and we're watching her stumble down the road. And uh, she, she, I think we've kind of freaked her out because she keeps like looking behind her to, to us because we're, we're just two dudes standing on a corner watching her, you know what I mean? So I, th- I think she got a bit freaked out about it. And so she sort of, sort of uh, increased her gait and sort of proceeded, you know, as far further away from us. And so eventually he's like, oh, okay, well, looks, oh, you know, it looks like he's all right, so I'm going to head off. So he goes off, and I also turn around and, and head off to head off to home. But then later turns out that uh, that chopper that was flying around uh, was actually looking for that lady. So it's, you know, it's just, I then, find, you know, I then found, you know, found out later that uh, the chopper was looking for her. And she was eventually picked up and... and uh, and uh, safely taken home. So, so it was uh, an interesting coincidence. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't the zombie apocalypse. Although yeah. I was a bit freaked out because I was about 15 minutes behind you, coming up the road, and there was I I could see the chopper, and I just jokingly thought to myself, "It looks like it's right above our house." Mm. And then as I get closer and closer, I. Oh my god! It is right above our house. It was. So I was looking for flames and smoke, and yeah, <laughs> there's no flames. It was freaky. It was so low. It was directly over our driveway, so low that I thought it was going to hit the tree. 
I was like, this is... He can't possibly get any lower than this. It's like he's coming in for a landing. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely loud. But uh, yeah, so it was just, I, thought, I thought it was, it was a cool little. It was like it's the zombie apocalypse sort of stuff. But also, um, I, you know, actually, because uh, because I, I then when I got home, I called the police and said, it was like, hey, are you by chance? I don't know if you can really reveal why there's a chopper ridiculously low over our suburb, but if you by chance are looking for an old lady in a blue top, then uh, I know where she is and. Uh, you know, thankfully it was was actually the case. So, so she was eventually found safe and sound. So, thank you to everybody involved, anybody who, who to the person who eventually found her and stuff. And look good. This is an interesting side note. Uh, you you don't often wear t-shirts to work, but you have been a bit lately, and you just happened to have your Superman t-shirt on that day. Ah, they just being they just being silly. Uh, the other the the power other. the power of the Superman symbol. <laughs> uh. Nice of you to say. Um, anyway, so the other, other thing I wanted to, wanted to bring up was uh, as um, our last episode was our conspiracy theory episode, uh, which was um, inspired by a question from our AMA episode from uh, Scott. Are you going to tell me it was aliens now? No, no, I'm not going to tell, <laughs> tell you that. But uh, he, he, um, Scott was nice enough to uh, comment on that episode and said that he said that he loved it and uh, and uh, thanks for doing it. And uh, we also got another comment as well from John. Uh, so I just want to read out, read out their comments. So originally, um, uh, Scott said, uh, thanks for the shout out on the episode. It was great fun. Uh, and I, and I basically, I said, look, thanks God. I, uh, forgot to ask you what your favorite conspiracy theories are so that I could then talk about it on the show. So if you could, if you could tell me now, that'd be good. And he did. So, uh, he's Scott's favorite conspiracy theories and, uh, they're pretty cool. Anything to do with aliens, the zoo earth, alien artifacts, face on Mars, Roswell, etc., with the best being aliens built the pyramids. My partner is a massive fan of ancient Egyptian history and I can't and can't stand me bringing this one up, which is why I do it of course. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds a little like you. He does. We sound very similar. Uh, more modern loves have been JFK, undiscovered Nazi super weapons, e.g. the Nazi bell, which I had to look up. It is the, awesome. Don't know the Nazi bell. Nine uh, eleven, including not just the magic carpet airline theory, but the best and craziest laser weapons used. Uh, Chinese subs waiting for our PM or the Illuminati. Uh, also, did the Americans know about Pearl Harbor before it was bombed? One with some feasibility, I would think. I agree. Yes, it's possible. There was a technology back then. Yeah. Even if they knew, that probably couldn't tell people. Oh, but that's the, that's the theory. They actually knew in advance well, that advance. it was on its way and let it happen in order for America to then have a proper, an excuse to go to war. Which, of course, they don't care about now. If there's any oil, it would have been fine. For an excuse for the Americans to come and win the war. It will come and win, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but uh, I, I could keep going, but a lot of the disappearance mysteries, conspiracies are currently really tickling, tickling my fancy. See, Missing 411. Now, I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but... Roanoke Island? Roanoke? I'm, I'm sure it's Roanoke. Roanoke? We'll say Ro- Roanoke or Roanoke. Roanoke. Uh, Amelia Earhart and cult sacrifices, etc. Uh, thanks again, guys. What an awesome selection of, of conspiracy things. Cool. Yeah, if I could have done like like a second half of that and done more. I love that stuff. Conspiracy theories are awesome. Uh, but uh, so John also uh, commented, uh, "Love a good conspiracy theory. The weirder the better." Thanks for the great AMA episode. You answered my questions perfectly. Uh, so John's questions were, if I remember correctly, were, "How did you guys meet?" 
um, and various stuff like that. Uh, and I asked, asked him also about his conspiracy theories that he liked. Uh, Hi guys, it was a great episode. Even learnt of a few theories that I hadn't heard before. Uh, I think my mind must have been wiped. (laughs) (laughs) I agreed with most of the sentiments of you guys. I'm more partial to the fantastical, uh, ancient aliens, Illuminati, etc. than the harmful ones, such as the anti-vaxxers or pro-disease, as I like to call them, uh, that Crystal mentioned. Pro-diseases. Pro-disease. Those sort of conspiracy theories would send me into a nerd rant almost as bad as yours, David. (laughs) Don't get me started on them and Big Pharma. Thanks for another great show and keep up the great work. Very so, great. Uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm now known for my nerd rage. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how to feel about that. But uh, yeah, so thanks, thanks again for the comments, guys, and uh, for contributing to the AMA episode of the conspiracy theory stuff. So it was cool. I love comments, man. Comments are good. Comments, comments feed the soul. Yeah, they do. But I just, I just love, I love feedback. I just, I just yeah. love the fact that people are actually, you know, interested enough to, you know, comment back and have dialogue, and it's awesome, awesome stuff. On to the running sheet stuff. So we've got my review. Uh, now, I don't, I, I'm not reviewing this because of any sort of burning desire to uh, profess its brilliance or anything like that. It's just that I just uh, I saw it the other day and <laughs> I thought, hey, I'll talk about it. Because I, mean, I see, I watched a lot of movies. I watched a lot of movies, a lot of TV and stuff like that. And this is the one that sort of stuck in my brain the most. So I thought this is the one that I'd go with. I've, been, I've watched um, Trucks, which is the made-for-TV uh, version of the Stephen King story where uh, a bunch of ve- the vehicles, all the vehicles around the world come to life and try to kill us all off. Um, and it's a more faithful version of the story than the film uh, Maximum Overdrive was, which is uh, based on the same story but was essentially had nothing to do with it. The, the, the name's um, uh, not, not a good choice of name for that film because Maximum Overdrive makes it sound like one of those Tokyo Drift films. Totally, yeah. You're totally 100% right. Um, so I, I had a, uh, I, I, I become kind of obsessed with, uh, you know, killer vehicles and stuff like that. Because, of course, I mean, I've, I've seen Jewel, like everybody has. And uh, um, and so, you know, as, you know stuff, stuff like Christine and and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, the uh, poster does look very Christine-ish. It does look very Christine-ish, you are right. Uh, although it was done. You would actually say that Christine is more like the car. Because the car came out in 1977, Christine came out in 83. Oh, there you go. So there you go. There you go. Christine, one of the stars of our earlier Clash of Champions. Oh, one of the really early ones. Christine yeah. versus Kit. Yes. That was what it was, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. Don't ask me who won. Uh, so, so like I said, 1977, it's, uh, and it's interesting because it's uh, kind of like, it's, it's, it's kind of like dueling that there's no real uh, reason for the car doing what it does. Uh, which I which I quite like. But it's, I mean, it's never really fully explained. But um, unlike Jewel, it has a bit of a supernatural element to it. Like Jewel, it's never it's never said that the that the truck is in, is in fact driverless. Um, whereas car, it's it's specifically sort of said there's like there's there's no driver, and the car itself has you know, sort of supernatural type powers, kind of like Christine, where it can basically heal itself and stuff like that. One of the really awesome stunts is that. Uh, these two cop cars are going towards it and they're like, well, we can't go anywhere. He's like, he's, he's got to go through us and he's not going to do that because he's he, be insane. So the car turns and then flips and then does a, a barrel roll, <laughs> like rolls over the top of the two cars, uh, two cop cars and destroys them and destroys itself, but then Reforms. quickly regenerates and then proceeds on its way to, uh, to uh, harass uh, James Brolin, the star of the show. So, um, 
It's pretty cool. So yeah, so it has a so it has a, a and the other thing sort of pointing to the supernatural element is that it uh, it has a quote. The start of the film has a quote from Anton Lavey from the Church of Satan. So it actually has a quote from the whatever their holy book is or unholy book, I suppose you call it, is the the Church of Satan's actual book. So uh, that's, I found that was I was like that's very interesting. Like he's a real person. Well, just some fictional quote made up. It was weird. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, so it stars like I said, James Brolin uh, is uh, is whose character's name is Wade Parent, which is, which is a weird name. He is actually a parent. He's a single father. Wade is like it's a very American name, but Parent. I've never I heard anyone called Parent before. Yeah, in uh, what about film classes? We were taught that it's that the names are are really important. It's like the name the name of the characters should mean something even if it's not directly apparent, you know what I mean? That's so, why I always hated the name Catherine Janeway, because, yes, she's a female captain, but you don't have to enforce that with the name Janeway. Yeah. I guess I guess it was Janeway's more meant to mean that it's basically it's her way or no way. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, anyway so uh, James Wrong, uh, his love interest is Kathleen Lloyd, who plays Lauren, um, and then you have uh, a bunch of people playing cops. This it's a small town, and yet they have like sixteen police officers. It's ridiculous. Um, Talk about crime rate. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like he actually says that James Brolin's character actually says like you know fifteen years of giving out speedy tickets, and now this. <laughs> it's like what? Why do they need sixteen police officers? What do you need sixteen It's insane. Um, but uh, hooligans. What? It's a town of hooligans. Yeah. So that's basically that's basically all all the notice, notable people. Um, the, there's actually also Ronnie Cox is in there as well. Good old Ronnie Cox. <laughs> Can't have a film without Ronnie Cox. See you at the party, Victor. Um, anyway, so the basic <laughs> the basic plot is that uh, this 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 car is this seemingly supernatural car is terrorizing this small town for no apparent reason, just because it can. And uh, it starts off by killing some uh, young 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 couple who are riding their bikes and then uh, just proceeds to kill anybody who uh, it doesn't like you know the, and generally the good people so it's it's next victim is this young hippie guy who's uh looking for a ride and he's actually outside first i don't know why but he's outside the house of uh this character amos who's just a complete scumbag he's uh he uh he's a wife beater and he's a racist and you know, and it's just all stuff. And that's actually a pretty, that's a pretty major subplot of the film is the fact that he beats his wife and that she won't do anything about it. She won't leave him. She won't press charges. She's the the flame. the 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 current police chief had a thing for her back when they were at school together, and he's con- trying to convince her to do the right thing, and she won't. And and it never really goes anywhere because Amos then because Amos is is also a demolitions expert, and so right at the end of the film, his skills become useful. And there's really no comeuppance for him, you know what I mean? Like, this scumbag. Like, he's never treated with any respect, but then again, he's not treated with the disdain that he deserves of being the scumbag that he is. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the 70s. Yeah, I guess you can put it off as, as being in the 70s, but I just I was kind of disappointed. The there. name Amos really fits that character, though. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I apologise to any Amoses who might be listening. <laughs> I don't know. That was a horrible thing to say. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so he's outside the house of this, this scumbag guy, and... Uh, and uh, the car kills him, and not the rest of the family, as it as it uh, had the ample opportunity to do. Then, it then later on, kills uh, the police chief. Who, I mean, that's that's I mean, that's not really a spoiler. That I mean, it's, 
it's pretty obvious from the get-go that he, this guy's too nice for this world. <laughs> so he, the police chief's the nicest guy in the show. And so, yeah, obviously he's going to get taken out. And uh, and the car pretends to go for Amos, but it really doesn't. Its real target is the police chief. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just kills people at, at, uh, whenever it feels like it. Now, it does... There's another character that it kills that I won't give away, I think, is a spoiler, but uh, mainly because this character stands up to it. It's a really cool scene that really, uh, really points out the supernatural element of it, where... Um, the car chases uh, a group of teachers and students into a graveyard. On, they, they have nowhere to go, and so they go to this graveyard for the very... And it's, 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 it's like an old-school Wild West graveyard. There's no fences or anything. Mm. It's just basically it's got a gate that's more symbolic than anything else, and then it's out in the middle of the desert sort of stuff. And so there's no... I mean, this car could easily kill every single person in this graveyard, but of course it can't because it can't go on consecrated ground. Uh, which is pretty cool and so and even though even though she doesn't understand why uh this this particular character why the character car can't come forward um the character then takes the opportunity to basically you know give it some sass which is pretty cool <laughs> so uh yeah so well, like i said I don't, I don't want to give away who, who it is or and, and what eventually does happen but um it's uh it's she's she was actually probably my favorite character she was uh, pretty cool i like sass yeah, so there's, there's not really much more really to say. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's pretty much the 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 epitome of you know the the crazy vehicle killing people type movie, and it's, it sort of set set the template for that sort of thing. And uh, I'm a big fan of that genre. I don't, I don't know why. It's pretty weird. Maybe because I don't drive. You like what you like. I, I can't, you know what I tell you what? It's probably because that I also I mean I, I quite quite often catch a tram, and uh, for those for those of you listening in countries that don't have trams. Melbourne's pretty famous for its trams, and trams are, are kind of like sort of mini trains that basically go down the middle of the road. And so there's the the law is that when a tram stops and its doors opens, the doors display a stop sign. Yep. So they're, they're hidden when the doors are closed, but as soon as the doors open, it flops out a stop sign, and the law is that the, your car, if you see a, a tram slowing down, then you should also slow down in preparation to stop, and as soon as the doors are open, you are meant to stop. And an unbelievable amount of times, <laughs> they do not do that. So it's, it's I can't count how many times I've had to stop getting off the tram because a car's gone through. Yep. Uh, and uh, it's unbelievably frustrating. It's, I can't tell you how frustrating it is. It is one... It, at one point, I actually threw my drink bottle <laughs> at the car that went past because normally, normally when they do that, right, it's because they're, they're they're trying to catch the green light or they're not paying attention or whatever the case would be. Not an excuse in any way, but I'm just saying that's usually what it is. And usually they're kind of like they're like, oh, you know, they sort of they look through the back of the review mirror and they're like, oh, I'm really sorry, and you know, yeah, please forgive me, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but this one guy, this one particular guy, went through and a didn't make the light anyway, so had to stop. And then when I got off the thing, and I was like, you know, you know, gave him the bird. He's he looked he looked through the weaving mirror, and he's kind of like, "Yeah, what are you going to do?" Yeah, you know, quite clearly, "Yeah, what are you going to do about it?" Sort of stuff. And I'm like, Phew. so I threw my <laughs> drink at his car. Oh, I'm not proud of it, but yeah, I did it. <laughs> I was angry. He almost killed me. Yeah, all again. Oh, sorry. Anyway, back to the review. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it is. Um, it's it's uh, like I said. It's sort of a, a, a genre. Crew. It, it's it was after Jewel, so but and it's sort of around the time of uh, 
Jaws, you know, it's, it's, Jaws influenced cinema in so many ways. Is it? Uh, this is one of them, sort of like the the unstoppable, the unstoppable killer machine or creature. You know what I mean? That uh, that Jaws did, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, and uh, I quite like it. It's uh, it's got a lot. It's got a lot to love. It's it's uh, it's got some some great actors. Uh, it's got a very interesting story and uh, an awesome looking car. So so you, so. I'm just putting two or two to hit together here. So you're liking it because cars are evil and won't stop when the train tram's supposed to stop. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think I didn't think of that about that what, until just now. But yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> just just a little side trip here while we're on that sort of topic. When you're backing out of your driveway, look for pedestrians as well as the cars. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know why this is. This review's turned into like an old people rant. <laughs> it's like a road safety, <laughs> road safety. Um, you look know, to the I'm, right, look to the left. I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the car. I, I recommend it. Three looks. Three is watchable. Yeah, three. It's it's not it's not brilliant by any stretch. But it's, it's not uh, terrible either. But it's not. But it's it's it's, uh, it's, it's a very entertaining film. So it's uh, Clash of Champions. Ladies and gentlemen. So like I said at the start, round 10, Legolas versus Snake Eyes. Now because, well, you could argue that whether I'm lazy or not, but basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the audio from where I described Legolas and Snake Eyes from the previous episode they appeared on, and I'm going to insert it in so I don't have to do it again. Yeah, or you could just tell them which episode to go back and listen to. Uh, no, actually, I'll insert it in for our listeners. I'm a, I'm a benevolent. <laughs> <laughs> Host. That means he likes you. That's a real word. <laughs> what are you laughing at me for? If Bo was here, you wouldn't be laughing at me. Bo would be laughing at you. Yeah, he'd be laughing at me. Legolas. Now, once again, I've, this is watching the films. This is not based on the actual books. There are a couple of things in the books that aren't shown in the film that I haven't bothered to, to, to uh, include. And that's including su- such things as... I don't know if you remember this from the book, but he's actually... When they're walking through the snow... He actually doesn't walk through the snow. He walks on top of the snow. Yeah, he doesn't leave footprints. He, he doesn't leave footprints. He doesn't sink into the snow. It's like, what a ridiculous power that is. Elves are quite light. He's, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, weird. Anyway, but I guess that kind of does kind of translate to the ridiculous parkour stuff that he does with the elephant. That was one of, one of the comments was, was uh, we're going to get some of that, that uh, elephant parkour action. I don't remember him doing any parkour in the books. No, he's no parkour He does a lot of poetry. He does a lot of poetry. So... He's definitely a lot more badass in the films than he is in the books themselves. But uh, but that's right, we're going with the film version. So uh, Now, according to uh, another website that I found, uh, this Legolas's bow has a draw weight of 150 pounds. So he can, uh, he can send an arrow with fatal force for over 400 yards, which is as proven when the fact that he shoots a nargol out of the sky. That's pretty good. A fly nargol, or nargul. How do you pronounce it? Nazgul. Nazgul. That's what I'm thinking of. Nazgul. You know what I was trying to say. You gave me a weird look, but you know what I was trying to say. <laughs> the bow itself is over six feet tall, and it has its string has a single strand of Galadriel hair entwined with it, so which makes it magical. Yeah. I don't remember that. We all in agreement that his bow is magic? Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's an elvish bow, let's just say that. They never call it magical in the film. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a good point. It does glow. Uh, he has jewel daggers. Um, he only has one in the book. I need to point that out. But in the film, he has two, and they're they're badass. And uh, uh, he's immortal. 
He's, he's quite old. Yeah, he's actually quite old. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, as all elves are, he's a model. Uh, he has extremely well, extremely good hearing, um, which, you know, once again, there's evidence. Uh, he has telescopic vision. Um, and can he see in the dark? I didn't see anything in the film where... I can't remember seeing anything in the film where he can see in the dark. I'm pretty sure he can. I don't remember that he can see in the dark. I know he's very fast. Yeah, so um, so his telescopic vision is proven uh, when he can see something, when he, once again, when they're in the mountains, when he, he sees something miles, miles and miles and miles away that no one else is, can see. Is that... Uh, I'm think, I'm think that's partly vision, partly elf senses... No, the our senses is different. It says when he can sense when he's in a forest, he can sense certain things. Mm. But this is in the mountains. Mm. He tells them that he can see. He tells Aragorn, and it's when he Aragorn mm. and Gimli go off together, and he can he can see something. And Aragorn's like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> he's like, "Trust me, <laughs> it's out there." That's that's not the whole conversation, but that's essentially what he's trying to say. Um, he also never gets tired or cold. So there's there's something for it. I don't know. It doesn't say whether he gets hot, but he does. He never gets tired or cold. Trust me, he gets hot. You know what? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even if a Bloom fan. No. He's always hot. <laughs> um, so, so, and also, and as just like Hawkeye, he proposedly never misses, um, and uh, his hand to hand combat is ridiculously good. That's like, almost too good. Um, and, uh, and of course, his parkour abilities. Yes. <laughs> Nobody, I mean, the, the, the bit where he jumps on the shield. Well, he keeps firing. He hilarious. runs up an elephant. <laughs> he runs up an elephant. So, yeah. An elephant, sorry. Yeah, an elephant. But Snake Eyes, let me move on to Snake Eyes. <laughs> okay. Now, I've actually got some stuff. I've actually done some research on Snake Eyes because I thought the majority of the listeners wouldn't really know. How wrong was I? Right? The Snake Eyes fan base is rabid. Rabid, I tell you. So I've got a bunch of ex- ex- explanations for why Snake Eyes should win. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> right? So... Um, so there goes. So, like I say, he's a ninja. So he's a military ninja, right? He's peak human. He once had a rifle aimed right at the at his back from five feet away, with his arms up in the air. He managed to turn around, tackle the shooter before the shooter even got a shot off, and before Snake Eyes' knife had reached the ground. Okay, was this in the comics? This is in the comics. Is this written by Chuck Dixon? Because he was. It was by good. Chuck Dixon. He is, he is not a good writer. It was by at Chuck all. Dixon. Chuck Dixon, I've actually got a quote from Chuck, Chuck Dixon that says that Snake Eyes is the equivalent fighting ability to Batman. Now, come on. Chuck Dixon, just, that's all needs to be said. <laughs> Chuck Dixon, that's just enough. <laughs> anyway, but I'll, every one of these examples is Chuck Dixon related. Okay, they're um, suspect. They're he, suspect. Once, he once swung his sword so fast that the friction from the air made the blade burst into flame. Oh, Chuck Dixon. <laughs> he, can, <laughs> he can summon chi. And Cheese? Cheese. Oh, okay. Not cheese. Cheese. Cheese eyes. <laughs> he can summon his chi into his fists so that he can punch through concrete statues as if they were made of styrofoam. He even once flipped a tank. <laughs> he was so angry that he flipped a tank, which we're talking like five to ten tons, depending on what type of tank it was. Yeah. So I'm not saying he would do this during the fight. He was under he was under extreme <laughs> duress when he okay. did that. All right. That's so. it's it's important to point out the guy had that in bracket. Done, all right. <laughs> all right. He what can could, dodge. What could do if he was written by Chuck Dixon? Though? Exactly. Well, Chuck Dixon, he has, he has been written by Chuck Dixon. So. Anyway, enough Dixon hate. Let's leave the guy alone. Um, so at one point, Snake Eyes was in a room with five highly trained Russian soldiers. There was five highly trained Russian soldiers who were assigned to kill him. But he managed to dodge all of their machine gun fire, disappear, and then kill them all without 
any of them seeing him kill the others, all within the same sort of radius, right? And apparently, it's gone to one of the comments, even if this fight lasted for a bit, which it should, um, Snake Eyes doesn't quit until he wins, even if he's on the verge of death, and even to death. Does, so, he, does he quit if he loses? <laughs> yes, I guess he does. <laughs> Not when Chuck if, Dixon's right. If he's knocked out, he essentially quits. <laughs> he didn't quit in his head, but his body gave out. <laughs> so, the arena. 1800 by 1800 feet island. Filled with typical city stuff, buildings, warehouses, shops, cars, covered by a force field, reaching up 700 kilometres. Into space. <laughs> Which is into space. No civilians are present. Yeah, so, uh, as is normal. You were going to say, as is my want. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> there was no need to say that. Uh, so, yeah, so they're on uh, opposite sides of the uh, city and they have to kill each other. Okay. As is Clash of the Champions. So Legolas obviously avoids the subway this time. Yes, he's not going to be stupid enough to go in the subway. But what if Snake Eyes goes straight down there, having heard about the last fight? So he has heard about the last fight, you reckon? I don't know. He heads down the subway. I don't, I don't, well, you know, I guess there's no logical reason why he couldn't, but I just, let's avoid that. Let's not just come and copy the last one. But then I just have to replace the other guy on the banner with <laughs> snake eyes and it's done. <laughs> well, they've got to get to each other. Uh, they both would have excellent tracking skills. Mm-hmm. So let's cut to the chase and assume they found each other. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, I mean, the, the beauty of this is they're both long-distance fighters as well. Like, Snake Eyes has his machine gun. Legolas has his bow and arrow. Legolas has got excellent elvish eyesight too, so he can probably see from one end of the... Yeah, but Snake Eyes is a ninja, though. Between him and the army, it's all flat, barren land. Yeah. Maybe not barren, but flat land. Mm. There weren't any buildings in the way. And he was no, looking for ninjas. You make a good point. <laughs> all right, so, all right, okay, well, we'll see if you can see, a, you can actually see across the island, which is pretty impressive, but shout out, but Snake Eyes is still a ninja. Yep. So he's, he's doing his ninjury stealthy stuff. But, but Legolas might catch glim, uh, like glimpses of a, a reflection here or there, or, or a flash of movement. Yeah, let's, let's see, see, let's just for the sake of argument, see that, say that he actually eventually sees him at some point. And sees he, well, Legolas at least sees him before Snake Eyes sees Legolas. Um, so he's going to take a shot. He'll try. I think Snake Eyes will easily catch it or dodge it. Like the dude dodges machine gun bullets for crying out loud. Yeah, well, these are at close range. I mean, Legolas is good, but these are wooden arrows. Yeah, so he's good, but he's not that good. Mm. So Snake he's, Eyes he's catches as, it. He, I mean, his equipment can only be so good. Yeah. So even though Legolas clearly has the, the long distance advantage because the yeah. bows and arrows can go further than the machine gun the machine gun can, yeah. it's, but still Snake Eyes can dodge and catch any arrow that shoot, he gets shot at. Legolas would quickly work this out so they'd have to get closer to each other. Yeah, and then he, you know he'd use his his fancy elephant riding the climbing skills to slide down to the ground. He'd just parkour down the buildings. Parkour down the buildings. Yep, he'd be down there. He's almost like a, a medieval Spider Man. Yeah. But then, the but then Snake Eyes with a machine gun. I mean, he's then long range. So then doesn't he then get the advantage? Because machine gun, Legolas ain't dodging no machine gun. As, as awesome as Legolas is close range, mm. if they eventually got if they eventually got the chance to get into Malay range, yeah. I think it would be a close call. I, my heart says Snake Eyes, 
but Legolas is pretty impressive. Like he's, yeah. I mean, he's enhanced well, as well as skilled. But I just don't think I just I just for some reason I just don't think Legolas will be will get into melee range. I think this Snake Eyes he just has like, to keep out of range of the the machine gun. So he dodges behind stuff. Maybe he goes through until he runs out of bullets. Yeah, maybe he goes through buildings. Oh, okay, all right, no, that's good. Yeah, so he goes through buildings, dodges behind stuff, and the machine gun eventually runs out of bullets. That's really the only explanation we've got. But machine guns never run out of bullets in movies unless the plot calls for it. Why well, the plot's call for it? <laughs> machine guns call run out of bullets. You know what? We'll say he actually doesn't know what the machine gun is straight away and gets winged by a bullet. I like that. So story-wise, so story it works because, like, so Seagulls pulls out the machine gun. At first, Legolas, even even though it's he has a basic idea of what of what's going on, I mean, it's obviously a weapon. But Snakeyes takes a shot and manages to clip his arm. Like Snake Legolas moves, you know, realizes what? it's a weapon of some kind. What matter of foul sauce. Yeah, is this? yeah. And then he's like, "What the hell? This thing just hurt me." And so then he dodges, 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 dodges. You know, runs behind stuff, and that's fine. normal. Humans do that in movies all the time. So, and he's you know super fast, so he's fine. So he's you know all this sort of stuff. The machine gun eventually runs out of bullet. Legolas then comes in close, just firing arrows like a maniac. Snake eyes catching him, catching and dodging as easily as he does. They get into Malay. Legolas pulls his daggers. It, has, it becomes a knife. Snake fight. eyes becomes it draws his swords. It becomes a knife versus sword fight. And then, yeah, so like I was saying before, I just, I, my heart says Snake Eyes, who, yes, he's only human, but he's still like a trained killer mm. versus the physically enhanced Legolas. Well, he's faster and he's magic. Yeah. And he fights sword people all the time. Yes. Like, that's what he, that's all he does. He's always fighting sword people, you know, taking, kicking butt and taking names. Yeah. So, I don't know, I find this, this is really, this is really hard for me. My, my heart is says Snake Eyes. I say Legolas, but only because I know the character much better. Oh, man. A... Really? <laughs> well, why don't we call it uh, and then and, and let the listeners decide? Oh, I like your style. We don't declare a winner. Yeah, we're stuck, listeners. It's it's up to you now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, all right. So because we don't have Bo to do the, the, third, the third vote... Yeah. Um, that Bo would jump in with something very insightful and we'd go, oh... Yeah, he's pretty good at this thing, isn't he? Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Well, that, that, I mean, that's 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 like an organic, like we organically come up. Come, yeah. It's not like we pre-planned this. So, I, I, just, I mean, yeah, I just, I'm sticking by Snake Eyes, unless he goes up against Superman or something. I think he's pretty much unstoppable. I mean, he's the Deadpool of the GI Joe universe. Yeah. So, if yeah, but I could also see your argument for Legolas. So, yeah. All right. I like your idea. I like it. We'll, we'll put it to the. To, so we're going one each, and. Uh, as soon as we finish recording this, I'll chuck it on Facebook, and you, the listener, can decide decide for us. Yep, I like it. Um, so before we go, uh, we go off from Clash of Champions. Uh, I just need to bring up. We got a bit of uh, going back to the customer feedback thing before. We got, we got a bit. We got some feedback uh, from Matt, um, who's a big fan of the Clash of Champions uh, segment, but. Uh, he found uh, our Captain America versus Black Widow fight not to his satisfaction, to say the least. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I won't, I won't, uh, I won't, I won't read out his actual his uh, his actual response. But uh, 
it's uh, I mean it wasn't rude by any, it wasn't rude or anything it's perfectly fine but he's uh, very very strongly believed that we uh, and I'm paraphrasing here we got it wrong <laughs> that we're idiots <laughs> and that there's no way in hell that uh, that Black Widow could beat Captain America. No um, rage. Yeah, especially <laughs> it was a bit of a new rage, especially in the way that we described. Like he just thought it was ridiculous. Um, and you know, and you know, and once again, not in a rude way. It wasn't rude or anyway, anything like that. So, um, so I really appreciate that. But it's it's uh, it was uh, it was it was confronting, but it was it was cool. <laughs> and you know, in in reflection, and I had this sort of that in the back of my mind when we watched uh, we watched uh, Age of, Age of Ultron again, you know, on Blu-ray last night, and and I had that sort of sort of in my mind. I was basically whenever Captain A or or Black Widow were on screen, I was paying very careful attention to what it is that they sort of do and. And you know what? I actually kind of agree. I actually don't think Black Widow could have beaten him, especially in the scenario that we had, like within the close quarters and stuff. Like Captain A in Age of Ultron goes goes up against Ultron himself. We're talking a Thor-level combatant and not only survives, but easily hands hands himself. So I don't know. She's always picking him up after those boys. <laughs> I know. She's awesome, right? It's like, I'm, I mean, I'm torn, right? Because I, th- I do think she's awesome. And I... And, Despite the fact that she has no powers of any kind, she's definitely one of the most lethal members of the team. But I just, I just, I mean, Captain A just has too many advantages. Oh well, that's it. Uh, fight's done and recorded. <laughs> so you're basically, so you're essentially saying that you don't agree with us changing it. Well, they did have to go back and change the letter and everything. That's fine. Just, it's just Photoshop. <laughs> nah. So let's, let's make a ruling. Say so that the, the, the judge's decision is final. That judge's decision is final. But lower, I do, uh, I do love receiving the feedback, mm. especially Matt's feedback. <laughs> it was awesome feedback. So, so uh, thank you for your feedback, Matt. And uh, yes, I do agree with you. Um, but it is, it is what it is. <laughs> That's how it happened on the day. It's what. It's how it happened. That's right. How it happened on the day, and we're sticking with it. Another day, it might have gone differently. But we'd love to hear your opinion on uh, Snake Eyes versus Legolas. I mean, since we're in a deadlock, please let us know. Um, now, the other, the other thing, I, the, the last thing from Clash of Champions that I want to mention is that uh, we actually produced a comic version of our X twenty three versus Robin fight. Uh, if you may remember from uh, last season, last season, yep. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, and it's, yeah, I, I, I can't be more excited. Like it is, it, it, we actually have it, you know, in comic form, you know, comic book form. We got, uh, we had uh, uh, Crystal designed uh, the interior credits page, the uh, arena page, and the ads. We got ads for uh, the Undercast Network, at ECN, and and stuff like that on that. Um, we had a cover done by uh, a local Australian artist named uh, Mark. Uh, Lalthia, hopefully I got that name right. Um, and the interior art was done by Boom Studios superstar uh, Domo Stanton. It's bloody awesome. So it's Domo, yeah, Domo is just is just is kicking butt at the moment. But, uh, he's going to be working on a Marvel project. That's exciting. Which is just bloody awesome. I'd like to think we had something to do with it. Yeah, it was all because of us. <laughs> so, uh, so not only he's a great guy, but he's a great artist, and uh, Mark's cover also is awesome. So, and uh, Crystal's work is also uh, brilliant. So, we actually do have like an eight-page physical comic uh, available. So, um, and uh, we're giving away for free. It's it's free 
free if you want it. So we're, we're, we're going to make a... Not only do we have a physical... We have a limited run of the physical copies available, but we also have uh, the digital version as well. Um, I'll have the digital version um, up on the site. Uh, so it's a download as a PDF. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yours. Take it. Enjoy. Enjoy it for what it is. And uh, I really hope you like it. It is, it is a really cool silent issue. So we basically we took the fight and sort of plotted it out story-wise... Um, and there's no there's no text in the in the in the con- the comic itself, so it's basically just you just follow along the the events of the comic and sort of stuff. And you can also listen to the fu- listen to the episode if you want if you want sort of like an audio commentary of it sort of thing. But uh, it's really really cool. So uh, we hope you enjoy it. So the link will be on the website. And uh, and the yeah. episode numbers referred to in the comic. Yeah, I think it's one twenty seven or something. Is it? I think you got yeah. it. I think you nailed it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's one twenty-seven. Um, and uh, and uh, I still we're still trying to figure, figure out at how to sort of make the the actual co- the physical comic itself uh, available. But we'll definitely have it at PAX. So we'll be at PAX in two weeks. I'll, uh, I'll be at PAX for uh, on behalf of Manamojo, our, our spin-off show. Um, so I'll be there helping those guys out. And we'll actually have physical copies of the of the comic there. So if you if you want one. Uh, please, by all means, just uh, just approach us. We'll all be wearing Manamojo uh, t-shirts. They're very distinctive. Uh, so please, just approach us and uh, just, just grab one. It's yours. Manamojo.com uh, or YouTube.com, Manamojo. Or, or nerdculturepodcast.com. The logo's there too. Yep, and, uh, and check it out. Yeah, so we'll uh, declare a winner for this round uh, in the in two episodes from now. So I'll check the, the thing on the Facebook so you guys can tell us who you think should win. Uh, and... Uh, Next round, round 11, we continue with Batgirl, uh, the Cassandra Kane version of Batgirl, versus Riddick. That'll be interesting for that. That'll be all about Malay, that one. It's no long-range business happening there. No. It's cool. So let's finish up with Coming Soon. In Australian cinemas, October 22nd, we get Alex and Eve, which is an Australian, Australia's own. Love story. Uh, Bridge of Spies, which is Spielberg's latest, with uh, Tom Hanks. I don't recall um, Spielberg coming out with anything too recently. Is this a? Is, is it? It's been a long hiatus. For yeah, him? his next film after this is uh, Ready Player One. Uh, Burnt, with Bradley Cooper playing a chef. I don't know who cares. It's a it's a movie about cooking. This this whole this love of cooking and preparing a food and all that sort of bullshit. Uh, it's really starting to annoy me. That's a shame. I'd, I'd love it if you got into cooking. <laughs> I can cook. I know you can cook, but if you got obsessed by cooking, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm never going to be obsessed with cooking. Master Chef is not my jam, let me tell you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, oh, you know, I like Bradley Cooper. Uh, Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, which is supposedly the final one. Let's be honest, it probably isn't. But uh, they claim it is the final one, and it's where they actually get to, you actually get to see where all these ghosts are coming from. I'm not that interested. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of interested. I must admit, I actually am kind of interested. Because, but, you know, I'm not going to rush out the cinema for it. Um, and The Lobster, which is a really strange one. It's a story about, it's from a, some sort of dystopian society where uh, you have to find love by a certain age. And if, like a love and a partner by a certain age. And if you don't, you get turned into a creature, like an animal. Well, no, no stress. I know, it's weird. Like, I mean, if that's the case then, if you don't want to be turned into an animal, I mean, obviously I don't know the story, but my thoughts would be if if you don't find actual true love, then just lie and say, hey, look, do you want to get turned into an animal? No, I don't want to get turned into an animal. Let's pretend that we're in a relationship. 
I mean, I just, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, obviously, there's got to be more to it. There's got to be more to it than that. But uh, it's probably uh, something physical with, uh, than right hormones are released or something. I guess so. It's a, uh, it's an interesting concept. Colin Farrell, check it out. The Lobster. So that's it for episode one sixty five. 165th episode of NCP. Short but sweet. Because you're in it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, thank you very much for everybody who, uh, the feedback, Scott, Matt, and uh, John, and anybody else who wants to send us some feedback or comments, please do so. We very much love them. And uh, our next episode will be our Dust Act ep- episode with the, uh, the original crew. Stay tuned to the one after that for the conclusion of the Clash of Champions. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to win? Legolas or Snake Eyes? I'm sure Matt's got some ideas. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Matt, send in your ideas. We want to hear from you. And that's it for us. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to NCP. Thank you for being a part of our crew. If you would like to support the show, you can use the Amazon widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. If you have any feedback, please go to nerdculturepodcast.com forward slash contact us where you will find a list of the many different ways you can interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.